Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Hi friends and welcome. Today Daniel Greenfield will tell a few stories about what he has experienced during his time in the mission field. The title of this story is Just Another Day in the Mission Field. Sit back and enjoy. My name is Daniel Greenfield and I work on the Penang Project in Cambodia. I work with my wife and three children and we've been serving there for the past many, many years. We have a school building, an elementary school that we have started as well as a church plant and it seems like life has been going from one adventure to the next. And I wanted to share a story from the Adventist Frontiers magazine. It was from November in 2017. It's called Just Another Day in the Mission Field. About 5.30 one afternoon, Sabai called and asked me to go with him to help bring a baby to the hospital. He said the baby was one of Pusot's family members and lives out near the village of Bustra. The details of the situation were unclear, but I agreed to go and I brought Alex with me as well. At Sabai's house, we had prayer before we left. After we picked up some diesel for the truck, Sabai called the family to make sure they were still on board with bringing the baby into the hospital. One of the challenges of this trip was that the last three miles was on rough, muddy roads, and it was the middle of rainy season. By the time we made it to the turnoff from the main road, the sun was down and it was very dark. The family had said that they would send someone on a motorcycle to guide us in. So we started off to meet them on the maze of muddy roads. Another challenge was that, though my truck had four-wheel drive, it didn't have mud tires. We didn't get more than half a mile down the road before we encountered our first obstacle, a new bridge that wasn't crossable. So we had to backtrack and look for a different route. We were bouncing around in our little truck, weaving through rubber plantations and pepper fields. Several times, we had to get out of the truck and scout the road ahead with flashlights to see whether it was passable. I knew that the roads we were traversing could easily end up trapping us there for the night, but we kept on moving forward. Sometimes a section of road seemed impassable, but either God would provide another route, or it was as if we had angels pushing on the back of our truck to keep us moving closer to the sick child. We finally met up with the father of the sick baby, and he led us through the rest of the maze of fields. About 100 yards from their house, we came to an area that looked difficult to pass. So the man went looking for a way around the obstacle. A few minutes later, a group of men arrived with flashlights, and they began to guide me through a clearing. All of a sudden, my right front tire dropped into a hole. I got out and surveyed the situation. The ground was soft and I knew it would be a miracle if I could get out. All the men crowded around the back end of my truck and helped push. After a little bit of rocking back and forth and lots of pushing, the truck was free, and I was able to drive up the hill to the little Kamai-style house on stilts. Sabai and I got out and were warmly greeted by Pusot and his family. It had been close to a year and a half since I had seen Pusot. We were happy to see each other again. 
When I asked about the sick baby, I learned that it was actually the mother of the child, who was Pusot's daughter, that was sick. I had also heard rumors that she was possessed by a demon. I took Sabai aside and asked that we take a few minutes for prayer. After asking for forgiveness of our sins, we led out in a time of prayer and singing for the sick lady. Then the group loaded into the truck for the drive to the hospital. After stopping several more times to survey routes around large mud holes, we made it safely to the main road. It was at this point that Sabai realized that his wallet was missing. He searched around his seat and in the back of his truck, but could not find it. He had just received his salary for the month and was quite concerned about its disappearance. There wasn't anything we could do about it, so we continued on to the hospital. Once we got the family settled at the hospital, Sabai and I searched the truck again, but still couldn't find the missing wallet. So we lifted the problem up to God and left it in his hands. The next day, Sabai retraced our entire route. As he checked this first section of the road where we had stopped at the unfinished bridge, he found his wallet lying in the grass. His money was still in it. What a miracle! The sick lady was treated for calcium deficiency and released from the hospital. Later we found out that she was also demon-possessed, so we had several prayer sessions with her and her family. The doctors ended up doing all that they could do for her at the hospital, and she was just left to return to her family and her house in the village. We're not for sure how things ended up with her, but we know that the family is continuing to pray for her, and when we think about her, we pray for her as well. Please remember to keep this little group out near the Busra village in your prayers. Thank you, and God bless. To find out more about this project, or to offer a kind donation, please visit our website at afmonline.org, that's afmonline.org, or call us on 800-937-4236. Back to the story. One of the things that we have on our project is an elementary school. During the time that I had my cancer, when we were back in the States, the school building was starting to be put together and to be built. After we came back, it became time where we needed to have the dedication of the school building. And at the same time, we had people, our first converts, that were ready for baptism. So the stories that I'm going to share with you right now is called the school dedication. The weeks leading up to the school dedication were intense. So many details needed attention. Fortunately, God orchestrated our AFM personnel and visiting donors to help with a lot of the last-minute details before the dedication. Our Adventist Frontier Mission leadership was going to be in attendance along with representatives from the Cambodia Adventist Mission, the local government, donors, our local AFM Cambodia team, and many of our students' family members. This was going to be a big deal. We asked our local staff what would be culturally appropriate for a school dedication and what would make it significant to the people in the community. The ideas started flowing. 
we would need to decorate the front of the school building and the stage. We decided to have light refreshments for our guests. As the big day drew nearer, everything was going smoothly until we took a closer look at the invitations we had already sent out and noticed a typo. Instead of saying there would be light refreshments after the dedication, it said we would be having a full meal. The dedication was less than a week away, and now we had to prepare a full meal for hundreds of people. The cooks started in earnest to get all the food prepared. I worked hand-in-hand with the construction manager to make sure the school was properly prepared. There was a flurry of activity the afternoon before the event as guests started to arrive. Thankfully, most were able to roll up their sleeves and help out with the last-minute details. Things were coming together beautifully. The Friday morning of the dedication began early as everyone dressed in their best clothes and made their way to the school. The program started a few minutes late and there was excitement in the air as the students waited, ready with the songs they would sing. Throughout the audience, parents had cameras and phones at the ready to take pictures of their children. The dedication went off without any problems. One of the things that really stood out was the traditional cultural dance that some of our students performed. One of our teachers has experience with this kind of dancing and was able to train a select few of our students. I found out afterwards that the director for the Ministry of Education at the local government was very pleased that we had thought to add the dance to our program. It made a real impression on him. After the speeches were finished, we served the meal. Our cooks did a fabulous job. The food looked and tasted wonderful. It was an excellent opportunity to serve a wholesome, vegetarian meal to our community. At the end of the day, everyone was ready for the Sabbath hours. It had been an exhausting day, but God had blessed abundantly. Everything was kind of surreal as we gathered together in the gymnasium to have Friday evening vespers. Even the builder joined us in worship. The big day was over, and we could look forward to the future of blessing our community through our school. So we are um, coming to the river here because there's going to be some baptisms. One of the highest days ever on the Penang Project recently took place. Four of our friends gave their lives to Christ through baptism. The baptism took place the same weekend as the school dedication, and all the dedication attendees were there to see it. The church was packed with people. There were several pieces of special music, and a man shared a very touching testimony. 
Earlier that week, he had been driving his car while intoxicated and had an accident. No one was injured, but his car and the one he had hit were significantly damaged. The incident really shook him up. He shared how God was working on his heart and convicting him never to touch a drop of alcohol again. The smile on his wife's face showed how relieved she was that her husband was giving up this destructive habit. After the church service, everyone piled onto or into various forms of transportation and drove to a nearby waterfall. The rainy season was just ending and there was plenty of water flowing over the falls. God has given you new life. Oh, Father in heaven, we are so thankful today for Jesus. We are thankful for the new life that we receive in Christ. Pastor Greg Timmons went over the baptismal vows with the candidates. Then, Pastor Mark Coleman stepped into the chilly pool at the bottom of the waterfall and proceeded to baptize each of our friends. To get baptized to feel that commitment. A lot of work led up to this wonderful occasion. This is just the beginning of something truly amazing. Mate Seord and her sister-in-law, Dang, were baptized along with Mate David and Mbut David. As they were being baptized, a group of tourists showed up at the top of the waterfall and were able to watch. What an amazing thing to witness. After the baptism, everyone gathered in a grassy area near the top of the waterfall for an evening worship service. We meditated quietly on how we saw God in the area around us and then shared with the group. It was beautiful to hear the testimonies of how God was revealing Himself to each person there. Thank you to each of you who have lifted up the Penang Project through the years. Many of you have been a blessing to the work through gifts of time, finances, prayers, and many other ways. Thank you so much. May God receive the glory for the progress of the work here. He is the driving force behind every advance we make into enemy territory. We each have a role to play in this end-time movement. Let's remain faithful until Jesus returns. Thank you for tuning in, folks. Please join us again next time for more stories of hope. God bless.